Welcome to yet another episode of the Conundrum Podcast. I might be a bit biased since it is my podcast, um, but this is a great episode. I had the pleasure of speaking with Julie Aubé from Le Hey Babies just before she left to go on the first half of their tour uh, into Quebec in support of their latest album, Boite aux Lettres. Now, Julie and I talk about Boite aux Lettres and how it's a concept album, and just the idea on how the concept album came to be, which is a lost art. I think a lot of artists should really embrace the concept album, since um, you can tell a, a story over a collection of songs um, versus um, you know the current state of, of what the music industry is with, with everything being so single-serving. Julie shares some uh, insight into the songwriting process, um, not only between her and, and Viviane and Catherine, with the Hey Babies, but also as a solo artist, since she does also have a solo music career going. Um, she has one album out already and another one set to be released in 2022. So be on the lookout for that. I know I certainly am. There's also some great stories sprinkled in from her travels across Canada, the US and overseas. And uh, she also takes the crash questions. Um, so it's just a lot of fun. Um, it's a great conversation, so much more. Um, so I don't want to dive too deep into what we talk about. Um, just just listen to the episode or watch it. Um, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Julie Obey. I can hear you. It's a little low, but yeah, I can hear you. It's what about? Is this loud enough? Oh yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Check. Check one, Is two. Is it too yeah. loud? <laughs> no, it's fine. We can we can adjust it. Okay. Anyway, so so Okay. So Okay, merci. No problem. All right. Thanks, Viv. I didn't know she was going <laughs> to be there. I could have had you both on. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> oh, Viv. Vivian. Ça c'est ton verre de vin. This is yours. You want a refill? Uh, it's okay. I'll I'll do I'll after. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at Viv's house. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let me know if there's any issues. Okay. Yeah. No, usually it's, it's fine. The only issues that ever really come up sometimes is like, it'll get a little laggy, but that's, I mean, that's zoom. It's part of, yeah. it's part of sure. what's going on now. So it's kind yeah. of a funny view behind me. I'm... <laughs> it's, a <That's> bit... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Oh. So how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks. Um, it's been a crazy couple of years. Yeah. 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 That's saying the least, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So you, um, you guys are going on tour soon. Yeah. On Wednesday. You're leaving Wednesday? Wednesday? The February 23rd. Okay. So that's, that's the first show of the tour or is that when, just when you're leaving to go? Um, no, it's the first show. Okay. And it's, um, you're just playing in Quebec? Yeah. I think the first show is in uh, Rimouski. Okay. I don't know my geography. I failed that class. So it's not that far past like Edmonton, New Brunswick. Okay. But Rimous um, losing my, uh, my French. I don't use it enough. Rimouski. That's, that's okay. in, uh, <laughs> that's in New Brunswick still. No, no, it's in Quebec. It's just like, it's a uh, not far past the quebec border okay right on cool yeah and then so this tour is just quebec uh yes yeah 
Okay. And that, that goes until the end of March. It's kind of, um, it's part of like our whole album release tour that we've been doing while well, that was supposed to happen like two years ago. Yeah. And uh, we've been touring before Christmas from, I guess, September to December. And uh, this is kind of just like, we're still on this kind of same album release tour that's like mm -hmm. all across Quebec. Yeah, because the album came out in 2020. Yeah, it came out like uh, almost right about this time, like February 28th, right before the pandemic happened, like the yeah. week before. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Bad so timing. we're just kind of like releasing it now, <laughs> touring it now. Yeah. I guess it makes that album cycle a little longer. So it buys you time before you have to put something else out. Yeah. Well, we could have and thought about moving past it and just kind of recording something else instead, instead of like just kind of waiting for a chance to tour it. But we were all still so like into that record. Yeah, the story, the songs that we we still like wanted to play it, so we just decided, you know, we'll keep playing it and we'll we'll worry about a, a, another record later. Yeah, 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 because it's a fantastic album, and I, I like. It's funny you say the story thing because as I'm listening to it, I'm just like, man, these are some really cool stories. Like, thank you. Yeah, um, we'll get into the whole songwriting thing and all that um, before we get too too deep into the podcast. Um, I'm just going to tell you a little story. of I met Mark, your drummer. Oh, Mark. Yeah. Mark Alday. Awesome. Um, yeah. I met him. This would have been in 2014. He was playing with Danger Cat, um, his other band at, uh, yeah. I think it was the Hullabaloo Festival right. in, in Perth, Andover. So I just, I caught the tail end of his set. And then after he came off, was, you know, shooting the shit kind of thing. And uh, he mentioned, he's like, you know, because we were talking about, our projects and stuff we had going on and he's like yeah I'm, I'm starting to play with the the hey babies it's like i hadn't heard of them i was like oh, okay that's kind of a neat name he's like yeah you should really check them out you know so anyway that's how i heard of the band back in, cool. in, in 14 so he kind of put the bug in my ear and, and i've i i've been listening to you guys ever since like it's it's so cool what you guys are doing thank you so much so i just wanted that's to give awesome. you a little props up up, up at the start because cool yeah. Um, so how did, how did the Hey Baby start? Um, we met, uh, we're all from different parts of New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. We met at a battle of the bands that happened in high school. Okay. We're all, uh, participated kind of from each our hometowns and like, it's, it, it's for all French schools in New Brunswick. And, um, yeah, we kind of met each other there and, we're probably like some of the only girls in this thing. Yeah. And um, we're all from like really small towns in New Brunswick. Like, I mean, it's only small towns, but yeah. <laughs> when we met each other, we were kind of like, you know, had a lot in common, just like being into music, playing music. Um, and uh, uh, yes. And we always kept in touch. And after high school, we all ended up in Moncton and uh, just thought like, we'd get together and jam for fun and we're like It'd be cooler if we were doing this together as instead of you know separately yeah, yeah. and uh that's what we did we just kind of started like conglomerating all our gigs into just you know one thing <laughs> okay so learning each other's songs or playing covers yeah, or, yeah yeah exactly okay. me and viv started before 
um we did like shows just me and her and then like eventually Kat she was playing music with her boyfriend and eventually they broke up and we're like Kat it's time that you join mm-hmm. us now yeah come with the girls so, yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> nice yeah so like so you guys all are songwriters in your own right like yeah totally okay so we're kind of jumping ahead um to the songwriting right away so just because i mean there's you guys are such good songwriters like just the melodies and harmonies and just the song structures like you guys take left turns so often in your songs that you come back around and you're going straight again you know what i mean right yeah i think i think yeah it's hard for us to like to know what we're doing but when people talk to us about our music it kind of always it gives you like a perspective mm-hmm. of what you're doing that you didn't know you were doing like our Makantri, our drummer, he's always like, your timing is insane. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. You'll start like your next verse or your next line, like not in the timing of the song, or you'll just like, that's like, <laughs> it's not something I realize that I do and I don't want to do it, mm-hmm. but, 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 it but works. yeah, like you say, that's, that's interesting. Thank you. But yeah. it works. Yeah. It, it makes it I mean, different. It, it keeps the listener yeah. guessing and it's, it's kind of rewarding. Yeah. I think it it's a part of that is due to the fact that none of us none of us like have l- learned we've never studied music and it's mm-hmm. all kind of just like we're all self-taught and we barely know like they'll be like what chord are you playing and I'm like I don't know it sounds we'll like this to, we'll have to sound <laughs> it out yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so I think sometimes when we're writing it just kind of we're not following like laws of music we're just mm-hmm. kind of doing what we do yeah cool um so let's jump back even further now because usually we start the podcast with an introduction of like so who are you where are you from kind of thing um right (laughs) (laughs) so which is fine there's no there's no rules to to this at all um so where are you originally from then like if you say small towns like that's all over the place yeah i grew up in memram cook okay it's just outside of moncton and i i I lived in moncton too and i live in memram cook again Okay. Yeah. Um, so you have, you come from a musical background, like I assume you're Acadian. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I think yeah. people assume Acadians are musical. I think that's yeah. like the general but that's not consensus. Always, yeah. but that's <laughs> no, not it's always not always the case. The case. Yeah. No, my um, family is though. My yeah. dad, my uncles, um, cousins, everybody plays. So do you, um, like growing up, was it always around like kitchen parties and and all that stuff yeah definitely definitely like my my parents yeah like my concept of music as a kid was like what songs my dad could play on the guitar those were the songs I knew Mm -hmm. which was like CCR and Van Morrison Cat Stevens and like country like George Jones so okay so that's some heavy songwriters yeah, and I think in my 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 um I don't know, maybe yeah, it's not like I, I it's not like we listen to the radio. I don't I don't even know, but really if I think of my childhood and what I listened to, it's like really whatever my dad or uncles mm-hmm. were playing. Okay. Um and your dad sings as well, obviously, because of the songs that you you were hearing him play. So how much of yeah, an influence my- did that have for you to want to play as well? Oh, like oh, my whole life is based on that. <laughs> he's a great singer and I love how he sings and he still sings. 
Um, cool. I always wanted, I thought I was like going to play like saxophone or like a totally diff different instrument, but he got me a guitar for my 10th birthday. And I just, I never set it down after that. Okay. So guitar was the first instrument you played? Yeah. Because you're known for your stage having a banjo, which is not a common instrument. Like a lot of people play those guitars that sound like a banjo or they use some sort of effect. For sure. But to actually play the banjo, that's totally different. Like when did that yeah. kind of happen? That's like a fluke too. It's not like that I particularly loved it. I, My dad came home with a banjo. He was helping my uh, grandfather like fix an old house and in the attic there was like all these instruments and um my grandfather just gave them all to my dad knowing he played music mm -hmm. and there was a banjo in there a really cool 60s banjo with a clear cover like yeah. clear skin and um when we started the band their girls knew i had a banjo and kind of knew how to play and they're like because at first we just all only played guitar and they were like we can't just have be like a trio that there's only acoustic guitar that's mm -hmm. lame because then you it's get, not really not really but lame, we felt but, that was lame <laughs> yeah you get pigeonholed as like a bluegrass kind of thing yeah and mm. and they're like why don't you just play the banjo since you kind of can so that's how i became the banjo player <laughs> but I, I i still like i sometimes i'm embarrassed to even play it when i'm like at real music festivals because i'm like not really a banjo player and so right i'm playing in front of people who are Okay, so it's not like you're but gonna I mean, go up to Steve Martin and, and start playing duel. No, <laughs> no way. I I still want to learn and be like, I'd love to be a real banjo player, but mm. it's on my list of things to do. Yeah, you fake it till you make it, right? That's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's what that's what we all do. <laughs> yeah. If people only knew. <laughs> exactly. They have no idea. They have no idea. Um, so listening so you didn't really listen a lot to the radio so when did like popular music kind of come into the picture um my i have two older sisters mm -hmm. and they like you know obviously were really into like the hansen hansen brothers hansen. yeah yeah the Han yeah like Bop. spice girl yeah exactly oh they were all about that <laughs> but my parents were pretty strict and they didn't want us to like really listen to pop music like I wasn't allowed to watch much music or like they didn't want me to like Britney Spears. <laughs> okay. And yeah. I didn't, Fair enough. but yeah. So I think like, just like going to the mall or going to school and people would be like, Oh, you didn't listen to the new Britney Spears thing. And I was like, no, I not allowed. Or <laughs> it's just not a thing in my house. Yeah. Yeah. My first CD that I remember owning was, the Jackson five, like, um, Columbia house. Like it was like a, the compilation, a compilation kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, Columbia house, man, I probably still owe them pennies. <laughs> we all do. That's <laughs> why do. it doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was a great idea, but man, their business was, model yeah. was terrible. <laughs> a little flawed. A little flawed. Yeah. Um, so the, um, so the banjo came a little later and, and not really a banjo player. Um, but you, no. you play guitar and uh, Vivian, well, Vivian plays guitar and mm -hmm. Kat plays the ukulele and. Now she plays bass, bass mostly. Yeah. Mostly and, bass. And we've all kind of, we all kind of 
switch around like Viv plays the drums to or electric guitar or sometimes I play piano mm-hmm. we, we can all kind of play bass okay yeah so it kind of makes it like a different kind of a stage show where you kind of jump from place to place song to song it kind of makes it interesting as a performance yeah we have been doing that more so lately like you know just completely switch around who's playing what mm-hmm like a party trick you know you do it just to shock the crowd even though it doesn't really matter who's playing what you just do it just to entertain (laughs) entertainment yeah it's good yeah (laughs) um so when you guys started the hey babies um like you said you you all came from different areas and and met up in moncton um one of the best parts of starting a band is coming up with the name but also one of the worst parts of starting a band is coming up with the name For How sure. did you guys land on the Hey Babies? And we don't remember. Any... You don't remember? <laughs> no, we've we've been asked that so many times, and yeah. none of us remember. Do you remember any of the other about. names that that were on the chopping block? We remember that there was something about it was like maybe the Doreens or just Doreen. Okay. Like the like an old lady's name. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> we don't remember and 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 we've regretted it along the way like man why did we ever put the word babies in our name yeah yeah. you know stuff like that to me you never think it's gonna stick but it just does yeah but and and i guess it's kind of like with with songs and and music in general people kind of take from it and take their own interpretation like for me when i hear the hey babies it kind of sounds like you're poking fun at like all the the cat calling and like hey baby like and you're kind oh, of right. all, it's like you're taking it and you're using it to empower yourselves and being like kind of sticking the finger at them like you know what i mean like yeah. that's how i that's well, how that's i took good, it it's a good way to see it i <laughs> yeah. like that better than what it is <laughs> you can use that it's, it's h-a-y like hey like for horses yeah well is that yeah oh yeah that's true and it's kind of like people are always like like they're always like yeah rolling around in the hay you know making jokes about like making babies in a barn we're yeah. like yeah i know it's not what we <laughs> intended this to be like you can't control what people think but there's sometimes it just goes way too far the other way for sure yeah um <laughs> so one thing that i do like really like about uh, your sound uh, is the harmonies um because you're all so different like you can really hear all three of your voices it's same thing with with the songwriting process like the songs sound like as one band because of the instrumentation and the voices but mm-hmm. the song structures and the songs themselves you can clearly see that there's three people crafting these together um so do you all come with songs pretty much preformed before you bring it to the band or is it just like a riff and you all kind of work it out we we used to like more write separately and then kind of bring like an almost finished idea to the others. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you say, I, I know what you mean. Like if I'm listening to our older records, I can definitely tell like who came up with what. But um, our last record, Bois um, Lettres, mm-hmm. was definitely more of like a collaboration from beginning to start. Mm-hmm. But it, it is hard to, it's hard to like, completely start a song and finish it three people like usually someone has you know the original idea to to get it going yeah 
and and usually bands there's like one person that is kind of like the figurehead of the band that kind of writes the songs and then kind of work it out but we got three of those in the band so that must be a different dynamic to work with it is and it's it's yeah because it's not like we're a band where there's like a guy that's just the drummer it's really just like three songwriters who are playing together and there's not really like one person who's more in charge or who's more taking the lead on 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 writing Mm -hmm. um but it is yeah it's it's always a challenge to i don't know to always like want to do the same things and and to to write together it's just hard but i think the older we are and the more that we've allowed ourselves to do other projects outside of the hey babies Mm -hmm. now when we write we're more like i feel like because i i have a solo project and viv has had one and Cat Cat does she plays bass for other bands. We're all kind of coming to the Hey Babies with like less um, expectations, I guess. Like because mm-hmm. we we can like channel our creativity in other ways. So when we're, when we're together, we're more like receptive to new things and like just because before we only used to do that. So all my ideas, I wanted them to like accept them and love and love them and use them, but. Yeah. Now they don't have to. I can I can <laughs> yeah. do songs on my own or with other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how is it like when you're writing a song? Well, I guess like when you're in the room and you're coming up with something comes to you and, and you start writing it. Um, how do you decide to bring it to Hey Babies or keep it for yourself? I think almost any idea could be. Um, any song I do on my own could almost be a Hey Baby song, but I I don't love like almost finishing a song and then showing it to them because it doesn't feel like a collaboration anymore. It just feels like, and, and for them too, it's not as much fun when I'm just showing them something I did all by myself mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, it's already good as is. We don't want to, you know, change change this. So I kind of like, if if I'm at home and I write a whole song, I kind of just like set it aside mm-hmm. But I also, I think I write enough that in between, like the Hey Babies were, were, we don't write together that often. We do it like once a year, we'll rent a cottage because the rest of the time we're touring. And then if we're not on tour, we're sick of each other. So we're like just at home. <laughs> so, and we only release a record every like few years. So mm-hmm. usually like in those few years where we haven't released anything is when I'll keep the songs for myself because we're kind of like in the middle of a tour and there is no time to work on music together so I'm just kind of like I don't know Mm -hmm. it's a good question but yeah I don't have a clear-cut answer yeah so so when you guys rent a cottage like do you have anything at all or it's it's just you're starting from blank slate I mean we usually all have like a few like voice memos on our phone or a few like you know some one-liners in in a book somewhere or like a beginning of an idea but not always like our last album we all kind of showed up with nothing but the the last record like it's 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 unique because we it's like a total concept album yes i was gonna gonna get to that Yeah. yeah so like i showed up with a bag of letters that i found in an attic and we didn't know we were going to write about that, but we were like, had no ideas. So we just started reading these old letters yeah. and, and then we started writing. Are the, 
people who may or may not follow you guys on Instagram, is that the photos you've been putting up on Instagram where you guys are all kind of on the floor looking at different um Oh, we're actually working on, yeah. Well, this week we're actually working on, um, it's, it's kind of like, a, we're, we're going through our archives of our last 10 years as a band okay. because we're putting together like an expo, like an art exposition. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's what we've been posting on Instagram lately. Okay. It's just kind of us going through all our pictures and videos and posters and. Yeah. Cause 2014, that's that you're coming up on 10 years soon. Oh, we actually started in 2011. Okay. Well, yeah, the album came out in 14, but okay. So it has been 10 years. 10, yeah. Our years first, <laughs> our first uh, EP came out in 2012. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's on, uh, I saw that on Spotify. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. So you guys are past the 10 year mark then because it's 2022 now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, 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 officially did our first show in november of 2020 sorry 2011 wow um so yeah the concept album thing because i'm i'm kind of old school when it comes to listening to music like whenever i listen to anything i don't listen to just one song or i don't listen to playlists i find a band i find an album and i start from track one and i go all the way through to track whatever till the end of the album like i have always been that way um it's not to say i don't listen to like songs on the radio and stuff like that but like if i'm gonna listen to an album it's cover to cover and that's something that i found is is lost is the, the whole concept album like you know meatloaf you know the bad out of hell and and, and those things so when i listened to Boitolette the first time i was like this is a concept <laughs> album like holy crap like you guys pulled it off um thank you so that whole process of, of you know reading all those letters and stuff like there must have been a lot of material that was left out like were there any songs that you guys didn't put into the album um I don't think so I think we did all the ones we meant to do but um it, it it's hard like I know it seems like there'd be so much stuff to write about, but a lot of the letters were really mundane and, and boring. Like it sometimes it's just like, I ate yogurt today for the first time. Yogurt is a new food and it's for dieting. Like, cause they're letters from the sixties. So yogurt was new. I don't know. So yes, I, I can't say like every letter wasn't like this, like profound. Kind of like, kind of like a Facebook feed. <laughs> yeah. It was like lame, like, some some stuff was lame and it's just yeah. four years and the girl who wrote the letters was probably like 22 or 23 so sometimes it's like really naive and and dumb mm -hmm. and she's like she's like telling her mom how she met this guy who's gonna pay her rent okay. and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so we we kind of like to make the whole record into to you know to build a concept around it we I like I, I went and interviewed like her old neighbors in Moncton. Oh, I talked okay. to like family friends. Um, we did like a lot of like investigative like stuff like on Facebook and, and old records. And we kind of like had to fill in the blanks. We mm -hmm. imagined what her life would have been like after the I don't, yeah, like the last letter is from 1969. So I had to like imagine what happened to her next to keep like to do the whole concept mm -hmm. 
Was her name Jacqueline? Yeah. It was? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> that whole song, like, you know, my name's Jacqueline, you can call me Jackie. Like, cool. It's a great name. It's a great yeah, yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we loved cool. it. And it's just a good name from like that era, you know, 60s, yeah. like, all, um, yeah. Because yeah, that's another thing that I noticed, like the the whole aesthetic, like, you know, the music video that you guys did for for that song and for yeah. some of the other songs, like that whole aesthetic, even like your wardrobe, like when you guys are on stage now, like you have that whole vibe. Um, and I know you make clothes. So so do you do all the costumes for the band? Like not I mean, not always. I, I do. I have made some. I wish I had more time because I would do them all because I love to. But sometimes I I'm. We're out shopping and I happen to find, you know, just cool stuff that I think would be cool for the stage or the mm -hmm. Hey Babies and we buy some stuff. But I definitely mm -hmm. love thinking about the look. And I think it's like, it's a new thing. We never used to like wear like stage clothes before, mm -hmm. but yeah. I think ever since we've started, it's it's just brought like this extra thing to the live show that people are like, can't believe we found or yeah. that we bothered to get dressed the same. Like nobody, it's not so much of a thing anymore, but I think yeah. it still adds to your to your show. It really does. At some like in the band that I'm in, like we're in a punk band, so we don't do that, but we kind of used to try to do that. Like mm -hmm. the singer used to have a cowboy hat because we had kind of this outlaw thing and we nice. were all going to wear like certain types of shirts. And, and so we abandoned that a long time ago, but it is true. Like bands don't do that as much anymore and i think mm -hmm. it, it's sort of like it has to be a certain type of band to be able to pull it off um, sure like i know um like the hives they have that whole black and white they all wear the matching suits and stuff um the interrupters like they all have like the skinny ties and stuff and then you know the girl singer she's wearing something different but the three guys are yeah. all dressed the same it it really does add to to the stage show and, and like when you find that look then you kind of don't have to worry about, Oh, what am I going to wear tonight? Cause you already know that helps too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Cause that, you know, yeah. am I going to wear this black t-shirt or this black t-shirt? I don't know. <laughs> like, that's kind of my dilemma, you know, usually before a show. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think it's been like seen as a cheesy thing to like, to show that you care. Yeah. Like, I think like people don't want to be like, Oh, it's you no, know, it's cheesy if we all look the same or if we like, have this thing going but to me I think in this era where like it's cool to be like really chill and like to not rock out on stage to not dance to not mm. to be like serious yeah um it's good to just do something different and and to show that you care I definitely mm. care like I, I'm, I put everything I have into my music career so I don't want people to think that I don't care about the show I'm doing so if it means like dressing up extra outlandish yeah, to be on stage, then sure. Yeah. And I think, I mean, most big bands, they have stylists like, yeah, you know, they like, they all have, you know, somebody that takes care of what they're going to wear and, and where they have to be. Right. So to, to think that, you know, the independent bands and people that, that do it themselves, they have to work like four times as hard just to, you know, make it work because you're you're booking your own shows for the most part you know you're, you're traveling yourself like you, you i mean like you're the one driving the van you for know, sure you're picking the clothes you're, you're writing the song like it, it's a full-time gig but everybody also has to pay bills and most 
independent bands have to work a side job they can't just do music to to keep the lights on like yeah um like i have a full-time job that i go to you know monday to friday like and i'm sure like you work as well so it's challenging and then to be able to fit all of that and and still make quality music like it's a lot of work how do, how do you how do you manage all that um well it helped we have a record label we have a manager we have a booker mm-hmm. all that helps that's like like you said it's a huge part of the job and we don't like this the hey babies is really like my main job i don't have um i don't have a job i'm a, i'm totally self-employed mm-hmm. by the hey babies mostly mm-hmm. and then i do like other sometimes i make costumes for other people i play in other bands i i have a solo music project too mm-hmm. um so i think what really helps is that we're three also who are really in charge of the band it's mm-hmm. not like i'm doing the deciding for everybody or or I'm not doing all of the work. It's kind of split in three. And um, just because also it's been 10 years, we've kind of just gotten this pattern of working and like it kind of just, we're so used to it. And I mean, it's still overwhelming all the time and I work more than full time. Yeah. But uh, I just, I'm so used to this lifestyle that I'm just kind of like, it's just part of me. It's just like, I just, yeah. So being like, where you all kind of where it's the three of you and you've been doing it for, for so long now, like you've kind of each found your own like role in the band. Like, so, so you would do like costumes and stuff like that. And, you know, you've got your manager and your booker and stuff. So like you each have kind of found what your role outside of songwriting that you do outside of that. It's not really, we're not that organized (laughs) and it kind of changes. Okay. Like sometimes, sometimes I'm, I'm kind of the most organized person in the band. And, and I think the girls, um, they're kind of, they lean on me to do a lot of the like answering emails, paperwork, banking right. stuff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of mostly my job. But at the same time, like we're all kind of like checking each other's emails and like just doing whatever needs to be done. Whoever's available is just going to do, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is that, we need and it's kind of like just making sure that it's all like split between us the workload yeah um yeah we're all kind of we all kind of do all of it Mm -hmm. i guess so do you all three of you do the social media stuff or is because like with us i do the the instagram and jack does the twitter and then we both kind of do the facebook like so do you all have access to those accounts or is it like one person specific to each no, we all have it. I mean, Viv doesn't check it a lot. She doesn't, she's like an old lady. She doesn't like <laughs> social media. Okay. Um, I'm, I, I'm probably the person who, who deals with it the most. Um, but we all kind of do it because, you know, like if I'm like, I need to post something to announce the next show, I'm like, who has a picture? And then someone will have one and yeah. they'll send me a picture and they'll write a caption and I'll post it or something. You know, we still kind of all do it together. Yeah. I mean, that, that, and it's a bit different for every band, right? Like everybody kind of fills the void when it needs to be filled. Right. Like, for they, sure. like they say in French, le bouche through. It's like whoever's available kind of puts the finger in yeah. the, in the hole. And That's then, definitely how yeah. we operate. Yeah. <laughs> bush through. Le bouche through. <laughs> <Oui>. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you guys are 
coming up with songs because you guys are predominantly French. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm obviously because you're all Acadian, like your French background, your mother tongue, most comfortable in that. But you do throw the odd English song in there um, and you do so in your solo as well. How do you do like when you're coming into a song, do you have a like preconceived, OK, this is going to be an English song or does it just kind of happen naturally? Uh, it's not like, no, I think it's it's just like when you have like inspiration to create something, sometimes like your idea, like my lyric ideal will be in English. So I'm just like going to write an English song. Um, I find like more and more I try to ma- I try to purposely write in French because that my career is in French. So if I'm making too much English music, then I'm like, who's going to listen to it? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's dumb. I don't know. Maybe I should be doing yeah. both more. But Being but also it's from... it, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was just going to say like <laughs> being from a bilingual province and your fans generally are both That's true yeah both english and french i mean outside of you know the the international market like in in, in france or in, in quebec is predominantly french but you know for the most part all those places consume english music as well that's true so. i guess yeah we're just i'm just so used to like being in the french thing that i'm like mm-hmm. always thinking like maybe maybe it'd be harder for my label to push anglophone music they're because they're in montreal and they only pretty much do French bands. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I can't help myself that I'm, I'm bilingual and sometimes I just still write in English. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm still, still have like something, someone will say something and it'll inspire me to write a, a song in English. Mm-hmm. So where do you find most of your inspiration? Like just day-to-day conversation or is it like the news or like hot topics, that kind of stuff or? Not really. It's more, it's more, yeah, people like just talking to friends or family. And um, in the last few years, I've like started the practice of just writing every day, just mm-hmm. just like jour- journaling, I guess, or just yeah. at least writing poetry. And sometimes if I'm writing about what I did or some how I'm feeling, then I'll, I'll realize later in the day, like, oh, like I didn't realize that this really bothered me or that I'm you know, I spent so much time thinking about this person. Like if I'm writing it down, it's much more obvious what's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. So I think if, if like later in the day, I'm realizing I wrote something that, I don't know, maybe is a big deal to me. Then I'm like, Oh, I got to write a song about it or explore that more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, inspiration can, can, I mean, can hit you at any time. So it's sort of depending yeah. on day to day. Yeah. Um. So you touched on the, the label in Montreal and, and playing predominantly French. So you guys have toured in a lot of French markets around the world. Um, you've gone overseas and, and played in France. Um, yeah. And, and, and down South and like Louisiana. Um, yes. And down in the States. Um, how do you find the, the, the reception of the type of French that we are here is not, I mean, maybe close in Louisiana because of, being Creole and, and around a lot of English, but how do you find like the reception is to, to the whole Acadian French and, and like Le Chiac and, and, and kind of how in your songs you're throwing in like English words or terminology and they're like, are they, are they pretty open with that? Like how, how does that go over? Um, 
like 95% of the time people love it and they're like for them it's like so exotic and they find it charming mm -hmm. and then some people hate it and think I'm ruining French and, <laughs> and it's a disgrace and they think I'm making it up they think it's not real like Acadian really? French is just like it's, it's just not real French they think it's not real French and I'm doing it on purpose and yeah that happens for sure and we have like you know people who just hate it but most of the time and I think more and more Acadian culture is becoming something people know about in in la francophonie in the french parts of the world mm -hmm. um like just when we started 10 years ago in quebec so many people had no idea it existed what it sounded like and and now it's become more of an accepted thing and people are like excited about it they like it and they yeah. want to hear more of it and and um in france it's it's so weird like some people I've I've played in like little rural parts of France to older people and I kid you not an old man told me I had no accent <laughs> he's like you sound like me and I was like I don't but sure but <laughs> what he means is that is that Acadians speak old French they speak okay. French it's because we're so isolated our French kind of sounds like what French in France would have been like 400 years ago before we ever came here. Okay. And um, so sometimes I'm saying verbs or words that aren't in dictionaries anymore, but old people there, it's like familiar to them. Right. It's hard to explain. Yeah, no, but, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. It makes sense because, I mean, if we go back to like 1755, like when, you know, the Acadian, the, you know, where they were deported to, to here, we came from France. So if that's yeah, how they all, were speaking then, and that's how we landed here and that's, you know, we didn't get any other influence since then. And that's how we speak now. That makes total exactly. sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, surprisingly enough, some people think it's totally like, it's pretty normal and it's not that strange. And I think if you're in Europe, no matter what part of Canada you're from, even if you're from Montreal, they still think your accent is crazy. They still yeah. think your French yeah. is like Terrible. Canadian. Yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't really matter that you're Acadian or not. They're just, it just still sounds foreign. And then okay. in Louisiana, it's kind of like, I can't speak for them, but I mean, a lot of times when I've been there and I've talked to someone from there who still speaks French or has learned it from their parents or whatever, sometimes I I genuinely thought they were from like Shidiac or something. Really? It's I've that asked close? That, <laughs> yeah. I've asked a few people like at festivals and I'm like, oh, you, you're here from New Brunswick too. And they're like, no, I'm from here. Really? Yeah. It's that close. Yes. That's amazing. It, it uh, just sounds like another region of New Brunswick or Nova Scotia to me. And, and now, now that I'm more used to it and have gone more often, I can tell it's kind of different, but mm -hmm. barely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like any country that has, you know, a northern or a southern part, like you can hear the accents that are different. Like we hear them right away, but like to them, you know, it's yeah. just part of their language or, or vice versa. Like they, they can tell yo, you're from the north and I'm from the south or the west. And to us, it just all sounds the same. Yeah, for sure. Like, especially Ireland, like they all sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. So your solo stuff, um, your first album, Joie de Vivre, um, also great album, um, has Thank that you. 70s kind of vibe to it. Um, is that like, is that a big influence to you? I mean, like you were saying, you were listening to Cat Stevens and, and those bands, which were from the 70s. So that, that must have put a little, I don't know, like a subconscious thing. Uh, you kind of go back to that era in, in some of your sound. Is that something that you just let happen natural? Or is that like you're specifically going for that sound? I think, like I was saying, it's it's. I think no matter if I was a kid or if it's me now, most of the music I listen to is always, always, always from the 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. And I I think like even without purposely trying when I'm when I'm writing or recording I'm always using references to what I like or will listen to and it's mm-hmm. it's always retro stuff so I think naturally that's what I'm gonna like create or mm-hmm. or aim towards and yeah. it's like yeah it's it's definitely like a huge part of what I do and like what I listen to and yeah, because it, it seems natural, like, because you see, like, certain bands or artists, I'm not going to call them out, Madonna, um, that, that are always, I mean, she's a trendsetter, don't get me wrong, she's great, but, yeah. like, they're always, like, kind of grabbing onto something and then trying to make it cool again, or, or they, it seems like they're trying too hard to be something else, um, right? whereas that whole vibe just comes natural to you, and it it's as from an audience perspective it, it seems natural it's not fake you know you can kind of tell when someone's being fake and, and that does not come off at all like it, it feels like naturally who you are I yeah I think like I know what you mean like there's definitely bands like that that are like just totally ripping off another 70s band yeah and it, it's not that I I definitely don't try to do that and it's not that I'm trying to make the 70s cool I think they're the coolest I don't yeah. have to convince anybody. <laughs> yeah, and, <right. laughs> and and I, I definitely like, I just assume that when people hear my music, a whole group of people will just be like, I don't like this. It sounds old or this isn't like hip enough for me, which is fine because I don't listen. I don't like what plays on the radio now. I, I'm not like into new. I'm just don't listen to a lot of mu- new music. So it goes both ways. And I just, I don't try to like do it as an act. It's just what I like. And, and if I do it justice, that's great. I'm not trying to like neither like recreate it or just be stuck in the past. I have, cause you know, I'm born in the nineties. I can't, it's not even my era. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to do with the seventies. Yeah. It's just kind of, I don't know. It's just, it just speaks to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, like you say, it's part of when you were growing up, like your, your father and your family would have lived through that stuff. And, and it was an influence on you from an early age. So it, it's just makes sense that that's sort of the natural path that you would take. Um, For sure. With yeah. that, you know, and it's same thing with like, with the look, like the aesthetic, all of that, like the fashion, um, you know, like your hairstyles and the makeup, like it, it all just, kind of comes from that and it, and it doesn't feel put upon it's, it's very unique and natural and, and it's different like you don't see that all the time so it stands yeah, out yeah yeah for sure yeah um so if um joie de vivre came out in 20 
2018, 2019? Uh, I think it was 2017. Okay, so okay, so it's a little older than that. So, do you have anything like solo work? Because I know you've been playing some solo shows late recently. Um, yeah. With with Mike, Mike Trask, everybody, check him out. Um, so, is that something that you have kind of on the horizon that, that's going to be coming out soon, or can you not talk about that? I can't. I can't talk about it. I can talk about <laughs> what I know. I I recorded a, an album uh, this summer, mm-hmm. and um, it's done. Okay. And I'm, I've, I've uh, got a contract with the same record label that the Hey Babies are on. Okay. They're going to release it. I just don't know when, but it'll okay. be this year. And okay, I'm hoping, so... I'm, I'm hoping, or I'm sp- supposed to find out any time, but the first single should come out in March or April. Okay. So that's very soon. Yeah. That's very exciting. Okay, cool. It is. I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, so is that you're going to have like a whole separate band to support that? Or are you just going to like you and Mike, cause you've been playing shows together. Are you guys going to kind of do like a, uh, I don't want to call it a couples tour, but, um, you know, like a, you and him supporting each other, kind of taking it on the road. It, I'm kind of, I used his band to play on my record and I'm going to use his band to tour. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> take that honey <laughs> yeah it's this i just like his band <laughs> well they're great gonna, players he, yeah yeah he plays he mike plays guitar for me and uh yeah i'm gonna use his bass player adam maori from saint john and uh, matt gallant who plays in uh, played in a bunch of bands he's from halifax and um like sure i could use all of the hey babies band but i i don't want to I don't want people to think that I'm like using the Hey Babies to advance myself mm-hmm. personally. And of, like, I love playing with all, you know, that yeah. whole band, the Hey Babies are great. Um, I just kind of, I just never want to, to use, to use the Hey Babies. Yeah. I, I totally understand what you mean. Like when you're, when you're playing one project and, and it becomes a family and then when you're totally. kind of doing something on your own, like, because then it was then it becomes like when does it become a hey baby set and then when does it become a julie yeah. Bay set like because then when you're going to Definitely. see the show it's like well why don't you guys play the hey baby songs like well we're not here to play those we're here to play these like you know or yeah, vice versa so it's it gets messy and yeah and and the more that i've i've played with other people like every time you know this being my second solo record i realized that I get a lot of experience out of playing with different players, different drummers, different bass players, and uh, having different producers even, or recording in different studios. Everybody does something differently, and there's always something to learn from that person about how they play, how to how they put a song together, how they they put a, a rhythm section together. And it's it's kind of I'm it's glad I, I get the chance to do it because it just makes me better yeah, as absolutely. a musician and. I'm, I'm, uh, just get more experience when I do stuff with the Hey Babies. I have like this whole new bag of tools that yeah, I can so bring to you, them. When you come back. Yeah. It, it just makes the whole thing stronger. And it's the same with Viv or Kat going off and doing their exactly. thing when they come back. Cause I always found that weird, like when somebody's in a band and they, they've become established in that band and then they go off and do something on the side, people think like they're cheating on the band. It's like, no, like there's as a musician as somebody that creates like there's so many things that you want to do 
that you can't do in in that wheelhouse like you know because it just doesn't fit you know totally like, like in nirvana like dave grohl became the foo fighters well he was doing foo fighters while he was with nirvana like all those songs were written but they would have never come out had he not done the side project but i mean that was different because the whole kurt cobain thing and all that but like he was clearly not just a drummer and so you're clearly For not sure. just a hey baby right right so yeah yeah i know and I, to me it's super important i i have i'm like i haven't been bored since i'm probably eight i have too many hobbies passions and and i I don't have enough, there's not enough time in a day for me to, to get everything done that I want done. And with the Hey Babies, I'm so fortunate to have, you know, done the records that we did, the tours that we did, but it's still like, so it's still just, you know, one project, same people and, you know, a limited amount of resources and things like, you know, Viv and Kat have to want to do all the same things I want to do. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't like all the same things or don't have all the same influences so you know maybe I listen to more like sometimes I write blues songs and we did put one on one of our records but it's not something that they like as much as me probably so Mm -hmm. if I want to explore that then you know I kind of got to do it on my own or or you know it's just yeah it's like you say it's important to to explore all your interests and Mm -hmm. get a chance to like you know to get it get it out of your system and just try new stuff yeah, a hundred percent. So, being that you've toured uh, in a lot of different places, um, what's and I don't want to like have you say like you know this was the best place we play because that doesn't really exist because every place has its own memory. Some are good, some are bad, that kind of thing. Um, but what's the place that you've gone to that's felt the most like playing at home? Um, there's a few places like that. Um. Playing in, okay, Sudbury, Ontario, reminds me a lot of Moncton. Okay. And I, I, I love Sudbury. I find like there's a small French community there and they're, it's similar. They're so secluded and it's like industrial kind of. Working class. Poor blue collar working mm-hmm. class kind of town. And mm-hmm. I find that there's a lot of similarities and a lot of dive bars where I feel at home. Yeah. At. <laughs> there's a lot and of I feel those. the same. <laughs> I find uh Saskatoon kind of has that too. Um and then I think our our other favorite place in the world would be playing in in Lafayette in Louisiana. It's mm. just something about um you know like you like as an Acadian you always hear about Cajun culture and you you yeah. know Cajuns exist and then until you meet them and you go there it's just, it's like, it's really surreal and it's and inspiring. And it's just weird to like, we, you know, I have this friend there and he brought me to visit his grandfather because he spoke French and he wanted his grandfather to speak French with, with us. Right. And he asked me what my last name was. And when I said it was Obe, he's like, oh, my, my neighbor is Obe. And he was so excited that he met an Acadian from New Brunswick that had, you know, the same last same name. Last name. Wow. It's just, it's just. It reminds you how small the world really is. For sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, so it's always fun to go there and to, to meet people who are so, from so far away, but yet really similar. 
Yeah. I mean, people are people like, mm-hmm. people, you know, they, they, like we all have the same wants and needs and desires, you know, so it, it really connects everybody together. And music For is, sure. is that, that language in spades. Um, so if, if, um, if you weren't playing music and being a musician, um, what career path do you think you would have taken? I feel like I definitely knew I was gonna be or or just do music even when I was in high school. That's what I I told everybody I was gonna do and I I didn't you know, I hadn't even planned to go to university or college. I was pretty much like just dead set on doing that. Uh if it wasn't music, it was gonna be arts. And I mean, now if I had to choose an, another career, I'd, I'd probably, I love gardening. Okay. I'm really, really into gardening. Okay. Maybe I'd, I'd, I'd like be in agriculture or fashion. I guess I sew a lot. I love making clothes. Yeah. Yeah. So do you make clothes for, for like on commission? Like can people buy a, an original Judy Bay jacket or trousers or anything like that? Like people have and people have asked and it's I'm really I guess picky about what people are like can you sew my curtains and I'm like are you crazy no way that's so lame (laughs) or like can you fix my jacket and I'm like man you know how many jackets of mine I need to fix yeah I like creating pieces that you just can't buy I like seeing a vintage Sears catalog from the 70s and being like man I could make that so so yeah, I mean, not a lot of people want that besides me. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't have that much demand or requests. Yeah. I know um, a buddy of mine. I don't know if, if you're friends with him as well. Um, he's the bass player in uh, which which is which. Uh, Dan Kadera. I know of the band, and I I don't know if I know him. Okay. He uh, he's totally into the retro thing, and and on his Facebook, he found like these old catalogs. Like I don't know if they were Zellers or Sears or whatever, and he was posting like just pictures and pictures like every day there'd be like an album of like 30 or 40 pictures of all these like you know just you know the models posing and all the different fashion from from back in like i want to say it was the 80s because there was a lot of like neon colors and a lot of like all the same shirt but like available in all the different colors (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah um so so that yeah that'd be kind of a trip like to go down and, and because like the, the clothes have changed so much um since then like and not always for the better like i agree like there's something about that era that those fashion like it was it was different it was more artistic oh definitely yeah. and i think like my you know i think the having a lot of um friends that are guys just in bands they always they're always like man where can i buy clothes like where can i shop to find cool stuff and i'm like I don't know. It's hard. If you're a man, it's like, it's, it's almost like not, it's so uncommon for a, a man to find like colorful, weird, eccentric clothes. It's like, it's almost like, don't do that. Or, or it's almost yeah. like not, it's almost like you're, you're weird. If you're going to dress like wacky, you know, most people yeah. wear jeans, plaid shirts, t-shirts, blazers. And uh, so, yeah, that's a, it's a bummer about fashion these days when you look at james brown in the 70s he had some wild outfits what yeah. happened yeah i don't know just the whole like hyper masculine culture kind of i think took over 
um like especially in the 80s and the 90s because it was i don't want to like say it was necessarily like like homophobic but it, it, there was certainly a definitely like this this forefront of of being man's man right so i like think that NASCAR kind of pushed and w double wrestling and yeah stuff like, like that. that you know that hyper masculinity thing i think kind of pushed all that aside and unless you were james brown or prince whom you know people kind of looked at them like as if they they weren't manly men right they were they right. were gay or they were different like which now it's like who who gives a shit so i think it's i think it's coming back everything's cyclical and yeah i, I, think I agree yeah, yeah. I think it's going to come back and you know guys are going to start i mean there's there's grooming sections for men now like you know like you can buy beard and, and face products and like there's all those different things that are kind of coming out now to you know men's makeup you know it's wild yeah and, and i think it's great you know yeah it's cool it's it's definitely cool that's it's more acceptable to just be like even me growing up as a kid i kind of always liked my mom like i had two sisters and you know my family didn't have that much money so I never really got to shop at the mall she would always bring me to Frenchies or mm-hmm. Salvation Army and that's where I, I got into vintage clothes because it's kind of like what there was there at the time in the 90s it was like weird 70s stuff and that was like always like the most interesting thing like the most colorful wacky thing was like a dress from the 60s mm-hmm. and um and yeah and growing up that was like you know people we're like embarrassed about shopping secondhand and like be seen to wear stuff that wasn't like Adidas or Nike. Yeah. And that's yeah. like not so much of a thing anymore. So yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah. I, I mean, I do all my shopping at, at thrift stores or secondhand, like, yeah, that's where you find all the cool stuff. Like, Agreed. To go off to like, uh, like a Walmart or whatever, and just grab something off the shelf and then, you're going to walk down the street and you're going to see like three people wearing the same thing. Like yeah, who wants that? For like, sure. Um, going back to the, uh, the sequencing in the albums, this, this a thing that I noticed when I was listening to the albums, and I don't know if you did this on purpose, um, but all three of the Hey Babies albums, the first song is a song that you're the lead singer. Did you notice I didn't that? notice. It's true. Huh. Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde and, uh, I can't think of the other two, but yeah, like the first tracks on each of the albums, you're, you're the lead singer. Jeez. I feel like, (laughs) (laughs) but you know what? Like if, if you see us live, I'm, I sing most of the time. Um, and I don't know why that is. I don't know why it ends up that way. I think, like I said, I'm the most organized. And I think maybe when we're songwriting, I'll be the one to like finish a song or I'll be the one who has an idea to start one and, maybe I and like you know usually like if we're starting a song that person kinds of end up being the person to sing it right that makes sense maybe maybe I'm I'm the person like kind of like making it I'm I'm not the person to make it happen but I think maybe I'm like a I'm more of a workaholic definitely Mm -hmm. so I think like maybe to get things done and wrap it up maybe I end up being the person to to get us there yeah um and, and for for boato that like where it was the concept album like the whole sequencing like the song order like was that something that you guys really like meticulously went through like track by track and, and how the story was gonna gonna progress or, or like did you write the song and like did you write the album in that sequence um 
No, it wasn't written in sequence because the letters were all, we kind of all read them like, uh, like they weren't like in order chronologically. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it took us a long time to do that because they weren't all dated right. Mm. And we had to like go by like information she was talking about. Okay. So we kind of just wrote it not in order. And then we tried to kind of put it in order. But then with our um, producer, he kind of had his whole other plan for the sequencing of the songs. Mm -hmm. And I think he kind of won that argument. The sequencing is like, was his okay. so i i can't even remember in the end how it is i know i remember that we wanted to put the song there's a disco song and we wanted to we wanted it to go after um same old same old and that's not how it's on the record but mm -hmm. we totally meant it to be that way okay yeah because yeah because usually like a producer or, or label they'll they'll look at the songs and they're like, okay the first song on the album that has to be the first single so whatever the first single is going to be it's got to be that because it has to open that way and then it's like the third or the fourth song has to be the other hit kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Or the other single. So that's kind of like old school record For label sure. kind of, I don't want to say bullshit, but yeah. Yeah, everybody has like their their way of doing it. And, and sometimes it's like, sometimes we're the ones deciding, but then sometimes someone overrides that decision and is like, you guys don't know what you're doing. This is the song. <laughs> this is how the song list so is like, going to go. What do you mean? We're the ones that wrote the damn <laughs> stuff. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so going back to the first album, because um, my my mom is from the village de La Videt, which is just outside of Negawak. Okay, cool. So the song Negawak and Back, which, I mean, you guys have a lot of really good songs. And I don't necessarily want to say that Negawak and Back is my favorite song, but it's the one that kind of hit me the most when I first heard it. Mm. Um, and that the whole story and like just just the choice of of the journey that you guys take in that song just spoke to me uh you know when i first heard it um how did that idea of that whole road trip song kind of come about um i remember one day we were playing i think in in Karaket, and cat wrote a poem on the way home called nigwak and back and she wrote read me the poem and i i loved it and um it was kind of more about the drive, I think, maybe not even necessarily like about, um, I don't know how you say that in English, like people yeah. leaving their small towns yeah. to go to bigger cities. Yeah. And uh, the, the title, Nigwak and Bag, I, I just couldn't let go of it. I had it in my mind for, for months after. Mm -hmm. and, and I had thought about, like, we're all from small towns where like Nigwak and back people take it so literally like i like if i wrote it about Nigwak, yeah, no, but it's not they, they at all point. yeah yeah it, it's all of new brunswick yeah is totally that's what that song's about all basically everywhere outside of moncton and saint john moving to moncton and saint john mm -hmm. or fredicton mm -hmm. and um it's like everybody's reality. Everybody comes from one of those small towns. And I just, it was just a really good rhyme. And I, I you know, I had come up with like, um, how about there's like no, no place to go dance anymore. Nowhere's to go eat. Yeah. And uh, everything closes at five o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's still the case. Like that, that hasn't changed. And there's so many communities that are like that. And, and it's like, that song is one, like no matter where we're playing it, if, if I'm in Quebec or for, or in Ontario or anywhere, everybody, you know, at least one person after every show is like, 
man, you don't know what it means to me to hear that, you know, this is, you know, like I'm from this place and there was one mine and it closed down and now there's mm -hmm. just absolutely nothing there. And, and it's, it's, um, I think it's just like this really common thing happening in Canada where industries are changing and, and people are just migrating. It's, ch it's changing. Like the pandemic has made a lot of people move to mm -hmm. New Brunswick, yeah. which is always funny for New Brunswickers to hear. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a song that means a lot to me too. It, it still makes me cry if I think about it too much. Yeah, it's it's re it yeah it totally has that for me. Like you know, toxic masculinity or whatever you want to call it. Like it gives me a tear. <laughs> it gives me a lump in my throat, especially like because like with me, like I know it's not like the literal Nigawak, you know, being that that mm -hmm. the song is about, but just like my mom being from there and 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 knowing that drive because I've done it so many times um yeah it's you know that must be quite the trip to have people that that relate to that so much it is it, it's 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 cool and it's it's a subject that I still um I find myself writing about it all the time and I have to like sometimes I'm like Julie you have to move on to another thought and it's yeah. hard for me to move on from yeah. it because I you know I decided to move back to the little town I grew up in and, and I think more and more people are doing that kind of, they're like, they've lived in Moncton for a while and they're like, it's hectic. It's hard. It's, yeah. it's expensive. Let's, you know, like Camelton wasn't that bad. Why wouldn't I move back there? It's beautiful there or wherever they're from originally. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's, yeah, it's a cool thing to, I think it, you know, more people have to talk about it and yeah, we can I all think, relate for sure. And the thing is, the reality is, is, is living in New Brunswick you can drive an hour, an hour and a half and you can get across like the province. Whereas if you're living mm -hmm. in a big city, you're driving an hour and an hour and a half and you're only getting like 30, 40 kilometers from where you started. Like you're, you've barely sure. moved. So to live in like an area that's outside of the city to drive to the city is not that big of a deal. Like if you it's compare not. it to like the commute that you would have in a big city where you want to, you know, go and move out of your small town like you don't realize how good it is to 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 be in this province especially like more and more people are are self-employed or work like remotely from their home or yeah. it's not like no one you know not everybody is like going to Moncton to work for Via Rail or Blue Cross or whatever it's not really like a thing anymore where you have to live anywhere specific mm -hmm. and and that you know, it's time people realize that the rest of the province is beautiful and awesome. And yeah. there's really cheap houses if you want to, you know, live in one of those parts. And, you know, it's, I think it's going to come back because, you know, like these cities are going to be so full and overwhelmed that, you know, people are just going to want to go back home and they're going to want to be yeah. like, you know, it's okay. I can, I can uh, get all, everything I need in my, in, in Sackville and Miramichi or wherever you end up. Hey, that's where I am. <laughs> Mirror machine. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. And plus like with, with, I mean, with the pandemic and everything like mental health, like being outside of those cities and, and, and the, the constant um, stress of it, like that really does play a factor in, in, in mental health. So, so being in the smaller communities is, is a help to that. Like, you know, it's good to get away and, and to, to disconnect. Definitely. I, like so many times people and our label and just everybody assumed we would have moved to Montreal 
to to do music everybody thinks like you know when you when you reach a certain level you don't stay in new brunswick or you don't stay in moncton and viv she moved there but she had always that was kind of like always a dream of hers i think she would have done it either way yeah but for me like uh you know we travel so much and i do spend a lot of time there that i realized like whenever i had a, a day off or a few days off on tour I'd always be like, man, do I have time to drive to Monk? Like, do I have time to drive home and come back? Like yeah. for me to truly relax or to be well, to, to have time to like collect my thoughts, I realize I, I need to be in the rural part and it's good for me to see my family mm-hmm. and, and, you know, they all still live in Remoram Cook. So yeah. for me, it's been uh, really important to, I think, to keep, doing music for 10 years, it's been really important for me to be in Memorum Cook when I can to, you know, to truly disconnect, have time off and uh, just like, you know, be uh, unbothered. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I moved to, to St. John. Like my wife is from St. John and we met here when in college. And so moved to there for a while and then had our son. And then, and then we moved back to Miramichi where I'm from. Um, you know, because there was a job opportunity. Yeah, there was a job opportunity here, believe it or not. Right. So we came back and we've been here ever since. And I don't like I growing up, I always thought, oh, I got to get out of this crap place. Like, right. it's just, you know, but then there comes a point where you realize that it it's home and it and it's it's OK to be in a small community. For sure. Yeah. And and it it people always assume that, you know, like rural places are, you know, it's like small minded and it's it's closed and people are, you know, they, and, and I find that's just like, so um, I don't think that's relevant these days because people travel much more than, than they used to. And, mm-hmm. and people move from away. And it's not like, I find like in, in Memram Cook, a lot of my neighbors aren't originally from there and people are just more like, you know, globalization is a thing. So it's yeah, like, yeah, I think like even if even if I'm like in this small tiny Acadian community, there's I find it's really like no one no one is looking at me like I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. And I am, but it's okay. Yeah, but exactly. It's okay. Like, you know, yeah. different strokes for different folks. You know, it takes all kinds of people right. to make the world go around. You know, just be I think the most important thing is just to be true to yourself and to project yourself out to the world because that's when when you're accepted it it truly means something versus if you're putting something else out there that's that's fake or that that you want people to to see that isn't who you are then you can never be yourself again because you always have to be that because people accept this version of you you think that's how you got to be for sure yeah that's totally it's a thing absolutely um, okay, so as I mentioned, the crash questions I call them because I'm a drummer because that's that's my wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> so these are I mean they're not quick fire, but you know they're they're small questions. They're not like big existential change the world type things. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, the first one is: Do you prefer cake or pie? Oh man, it's a big question to it, me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a t- there's no wrong or right answer, but okay, know. cake. Cake? Okay, cool. I've been getting more cake lately. Yeah. I mean, I'm considering cheesecake to be part of this category, so. You're the second person to say that. See, cheesecake is kind of, che- I don't want to say it's cheating, but it, it does 
blend from both. Um, I and know. it is definitely delicious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you're having a piece of cheesecake, um, is it a cup of coffee or a tea? Coffee. Yeah. Oh, you... all the time, all day long, nighttime, daytime, coffee, <laughs> coffee, coffee. <laughs> is it black or you put stuff in it? Um, mostly black, but sometimes a little bit of milk. Okay. Right on. Um, uh, so what's a must have like when you, cause you're going to be leaving on tour. What's, what's the main thing that you have to have packed? Um, main thing. Yeah. What can't you go without on tour? I mean, I've learned to go without everything cause you always forget I suppose, yeah. everything you want, but, uh, if I'm really smart, and this is classic Julie is like, I have like a bag of activities. I'm like truly a child. <laughs> I always have like stuff to knit, to crochet. I have like a coloring book. I got a normal book. I have, you know, I always have a bunch of shit. I'm always like, I have a poetry writing book. I'm okay. always doing something. Word yeah. finds, crosswords. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever bring like those travel, um, those travel board games, like the trouble, like where you can, do the pop thing with the dice i don't have those but we always have games we like our our thing now instead of going into into a bar every night after the gig we will play some sort of card game in the hotel room with like a box of wine or something we're really into skipbo yeah skipbo okay. has been going on for a few years and it's like a big it's a big thing okay like do you have like big tournaments? deal uh yeah, I guess like yeah. A, like yeah, elimination well, games. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Last man standing. Yeah. So yeah, we were into cards, play cards. Okay. Um. So what would be your favorite movie of all time? Back to the Future. Oh, nice. Do you like the first one or like just the whole series? I mean, the whole series is fantastic. I really mm-hmm. like one and three. Mm-hmm. So people usually ask like, what's your desert Island disc, right? Like what's the one thing, what's the one album you mm. can't live without, but I'm going to put a bit of a spin on that. So if you had one CD stuck in your car, which one do you not want it to be? Oh, okay. Like sublime. Oh, you can't stand sublime. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I don't know why I, I just, you know, I can tolerate a lot of stuff, but I'm just like so done with Sublime. Okay. Just because you've heard it so much? I guess. And like people cover it and like the terrible covers. It's just such like an era and like such a a vibe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm against it. That's not what I would expect to hear, but that's a great answer. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Um, last question. And, and I don't mean okay. to keep going on the whole food thing, but this is a topic that comes up every once in a while in your songs, um, mostly Ooh. in the Hey Babies, I think. Yeah. Um, is the Putin. There's mm-hmm. a couple songs where you make reference to Putin. Um, so what's the best? Where's the best Putin? Um. The best one I've ever had is in a convenience store in Quebec City. Okay. Which Did is you crazy. find it again? 
Oh, I have it every time I go. <laughs> okay, so okay, so <laughs> like most like high on my agenda. Yeah, it was like in Quebec random... City. I'm like, okay. Oh no, it's it's not <laughs> random. <laughs> it's, it's well documented for us. Okay. Um, I mean, Catherine. Catherine is like she's saying the best Putin in the world was in I think Dalhousie or wherever she grew up. Or maybe okay. was it Bathurst? It doesn't exist anymore, so we can't confirm this. But oh, okay. yeah, so she's it, really it adamant. hasn't been Julie approved. So no, but it was called Chez Lucien, and there's a whole song about that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I can't. Yeah, I'm not saying it's true. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> it doesn't have the seal of approval. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the questions I had. Um, <laughs> so that was that was good. Uh, sublime. Great. <laughs> and i'm like if i think about it more there's definitely stuff i truly actually hate but yeah. just when it comes to mine oh my gosh i hate sublime <laughs> that's great that's fine oh that's awesome um hacky yeah. sacks yeah yeah oh, cool um so yeah thank you so much for for i know i just kind of messaged you out of the blue um to, no problem uh, it was a um, pleasure I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to the next solo album and whenever the Hey Babies put another album out, um, wish you all the best on tour. And this has been, this has been a treat. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, there it is. Um, Julie was such a great chat. Thank you again for being on the podcast. Um, as of the release of this episode, you can still catch the Hey Babies on the road. Um, there's a few more dates before they take a, quick pause and then hit the road again for the second half of March. Um, so you can find all their tour information on their social media sites, um, which I will have linked in the description. Um, so if they do come to a place near you, um, go see them. It's an awesome show. Um, so that's it for this week. Um, as usual, take care of yourselves, take care of each other and be kind to one another. Um, let's make this a better place for everybody. All right. Bye. Let's go.